The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. Very good. So today I decided I'd do a little sutta reading instead of just a normal uh, Dhamma talk. Um, there was this, um, I was listening Ajahn Brahm um, give a Dhamma talk last week and uh, he mentioned this sutta, that is one of his um, suttas he, he likes, so I, I thought I'd do that, this sutta he mentioned on that. And then if, if Sri Richard, yes, please. So there is two suttas which are very close to each other. So we have, uh, these are from the uh, numbered discourses, so Anguttara Nikaya. So we have one, one, six, one, and sorry, five, one, six, one, and five, one, six, two. So we have how to, and Ajahn, I'm using the Bhante Suchato's translation. Can you see it there? Yep, perfect. Um, and this, these two suttas are very close to each other. There's just, the first one is spoken by the Buddha, and the second one is spoken by the um, Sariputta. Yeah, I think it's Sariputta. You will, will find out right later. First one is a bit shorter. It's a very nice, it's almost like uh, the Buddha gives it um, uh, this just so that this is how you get rid of resentment. Second one, uh, the Sariputta gives nice similes to that. So I like to have both of them. There's a, it might be a bit too much, um, but let's try, try to do both of them this morning. Usually quite often teachers just take that, the second one, the 162, and then, but since the Buddha says that, uh, gives the first quite a nice one in this, the, the previous sutta here, it talks about the same thing, I decided I'd do the both. Um, uh, so resentment we all tend to have, I know all of us, we hear, I know a lot of you personally quite well, and I know we've had all we have things in our life which causes resentment, divorce, um, not being, not thinking you're not parent, which is, you, you, you've been a successful parent, you have problems, your, your son or daughter have pro problems. Um, you've been dumped, you had a, what else kind of resentment, your, your, you have resentment towards your parents, you have resentment, you're angry at your, your boss, your, your, your previous who, people who employed you, anybody, really could be anybody. There's a beautiful simile in um, Dhammapada in uh, verses, in the first uh, twin verses, it's somewhere there, uh, perhaps n number 13 or something, where the Buddha said, uh, the verse goes something like this, he, um, he abused me, he hit me, he, um, there's a third one, he, it's something in the same line, um, he's, he mistreated me. Ho those who harbor so those kind of thoughts will never find, have peace. And then the twin verse, because all the, it's on the first one, it's the twin verses, it has the same thing. He, he treated me, he hit me, he uh, mis uh, mistreated me. Those who do not, um, who, uh, those who have, um, uh, hang on, no. Then he says the twin verse actually goes into that. Uh, 
it's similar same it's almost same but it says by hatred will it's never appeased by hatred that's the twin verse sorry uh, by non-hatred he says uh, which sometimes is translated as a loving kindness metta uh, by love or by only by loving kindness this uh, hatred is appeased so it's it's quite nice in that Dhammapada is very gives very like a short idea of just if you harbor those kind of thoughts ill will you you will never come to peace but if the only only way to get rid of um, resentment or, or or hatred is by love alone by metta we mean that that's the word we usually use but anyways let's see what the buddha says buddha and sariputta go a bit more into um, details how how to get resentment i learned like i said we all have all, all kind of resentments in my in our lives okay getting rid of resentment mendicants a mendicant meaning monks and nuns should use these five methods to completely get rid of resentment when it has arisen toward anyone what five you should develop love for a person you resent, resent. And if you see the word, you, we have Pali there as well. Yep. And hang on, what's it like? Love. Uh, it says, Yasmin Pikave Bukalo Agato Jayate Metta Tasmin Bukale Bhavitabba. So Metta, Bhavitabba meaning, you know, you, you should develop. And so the, the, here the word again, the metta comes there. You should have metta, loving kindness. <clears throat> Bandhasujadu has translated it as love. That's the first one. This, would, this is the best way. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> this is the uh, best way you should always have loving kindness towards anybody you have feel any kind of res resentment. And when I'm teaching metta, I always remind people that we should start from ourselves. We have a lot of resentment towards ourselves, actually. If you and when you start meditating and being aware of what's happening in your own mind, you start seeing that there's actually a lot of resentment towards yourselves, uh, towards ourselves, and that actually creates a lot of pro we create a lot of problems to ourselves. We have a lot of um, even um, not just negativity in mind, but that creates then ill health and all the kind of things. So if you have, if you really truly can have meta towards yourself it improves your health and it makes you beautiful actually that's what buddha said so it's a especially for the well anybody if you want to look nice good looking beautiful person have a lot of meta that's a it's a good reason to develop meta anyways so that's the first one so you should have meta for a person you resent that's how you get uh, that's how to get resentment of, of for that person that's the first way Second way, you should develop a compassion for a person you sent. That's karuna. So we have this uh, metta karuna here. So that's the second way. You have uh, compassion, feel compassion. Look, this person is also, this person is suffering. They were angry at me. Um, they, you feel that yeah, they abused him. You, you still have, you should have like, oh, this person is still suffering. So you have compassion for that, karuna. Third one. You should develop equanimity, upeka. This goes more into like, no, equanimity is just, you sort of like, equanimity is difficult feeling. We have to remember that this is not just like, you don't care. 
this not it does not mean equanimity. It will never mean equanimity upeka in this way. Equanimity is almost like it's not indifference. It's it's a difficult concept, but you have to remember this is also a feeling, but it's not a feeling which is pushing away, like I don't care. Upeka is an interesting feeling and Ajahn Brahm these days um uh, translated sometimes opaque like you are uh, content. In this context, it doesn't. It's difficult to translate it as a, you're content with somebody who's who you have resentment. But see how it, how how difficult it is for to, sometimes to translate these words. So opaque, it's all, equanimity is sort of you don't you don't get sucked into that. You just sort of like. That's fine, you know. There's a resentment, but you don't get sucked into that feeling. It you so, sort of have more, you more uh, even-headed with that. You're more level with that. Yeah, this is how it is. World is always it gives us these ups and downs, and other other people tend to try to abuse us. We have or not even abuse, but there is resentment towards whatever it is, even to our own mind state. But have more distance to that. Have more equanimity. So this is the third one. And all the time we're sort of going into its first meta. It's quite difficult. And then you're going into these levels. Okay, fourth one. You should disregard a pers- person you resent, paying no attention to them. See, this is, again, you know, you physically dis- you can physically remove yourself from that relationship. If somebody's abusing you, if there's a lot of resentment, you try to get rid of that situation. Or, and if you cannot, just have a little bit of mental distance to that. And that's why we meditate. That's how we, we, we learn how to have boundaries where like, no, I need to take care of myself. This, I need distance from myself from that. And sometimes I feel, um, People have um, resentment and they want to have those feelings. They don't want to let them go because it's it makes them feel alive. It makes them, you, it becomes part of you. And you just keep carrying these things since early on, from since childhood perhaps into your adulthood. And you just have this resentment and it has become so integrated that it becomes you. We have to learn to. Um, not pay attention to that, but in this in this case, actually, it says you disregard that person. It's like, it's like okay, I'm not. You physically have distance. You don't pay attention to that person. This goes to another level for Mupeka. That was the first, uh, fourth one. You should apply the concept that we are all owners of our deeds to that person. And the word here, the Pali word, you can see there's a jayata kamma sakata. So that's that we are all owners of our deeds. We are, that's our kamma. So whatever you do, you are owner of your kamma. So whatever you, if you abuse somebody, the person you abused gets angry, they have resentment, but you actually, the abuser, you have to carry that kamma. And what follows from us from life to life? It's not really, you cannot say there's a self there, but the Buddha said, you inherit your kamma. 
The karma follows you wherever you go. There is no inherently self in Buddhism. That's what we teach. That's um, anatta. There is no self anywhere in our will or our body doesn't belong to us. Different mind state doesn't belong to us. The suffering, whether it's suffering or happiness, that doesn't belong to us. The karma is almost almost only thing what belongs to us. So you are owner of that karma. It's interesting. It says owner of our deeds, owner of our karma. So you should apply the concept that we are owners of the karma. This venerable meaning this monk or nun, is the owner of their deeds, heir to their deeds. Deeds are their womb, their relative, and their refuge. They shall be the heir of whatever deeds they, they do, whatever good or bad. That's how you get rid of that resentment for that person. So this is what how you can apply to that as well. You see that somebody's uh, abusing you, you have always, you just create a lot of resentment. They have to bear that. They have their owner of that. They, the deeds are their womb. They take it for the next next life. They, that's their relative, a refuge. That really, they have to have the consequences. So like, oh, so take that. And then if you, if that doesn't work, it doesn't say here. This is the fifth one. If that doesn't work, sometimes we we teach. Um, Maranasati, uh, we teach uh, death contemplation. If the, that's the ultimate step, like of like it still doesn't real, like yeah, I know they're gonna, but just thinking that this person is always gonna also gonna die. So that's the Maranasati. That's uh, it's not here, but it's sometimes we teach that it's like somebody really cannot think anything kind or you n nothing works. You definitely cannot have loving kindness or equanimity to that person. So it's like yeah. This person is also going to die. But that comes into almost into this karma. Buddha doesn't say that. But So this is, these are the five ways uh, how to uh, get rid of resentment for a person. So mendicants should use these five methods to completely get rid of resentment when it has arisen towards anyone. So these are the Buddha's very short way of looking into how to get rid of. And, and then we go into... The next sutta, and which is Sariputta sort of almost continues on this. Somebody goes and asks the Sariputta how to get rid of resentment. And then the Sariputta addressed the, uh, the Sangha this way. The Venerable Sariputta addressed the mendicants. Reverend uh, monks and nuns, uh, avuso. It's interesting they use avuso. So you see the avuso there? It means a friend. These days, monks... Uh, we don't, uh, unless either that, that Sariputta was most senior of all the monks here in this um, assembly. That's why he would have said Avuso instead of Bantes. But in those days, the Buddha, time of the Buddha, monks actually called themselves friends, each other. These days we don't do that because when Buddha was saying that Buddha was dying, he said that, okay, I'm going to die now. You should address each other as the senior monks, uh, you can call the uh, other monks uh, avuso, friend, but all the junior ones you should call, uh, the other monks you should call them bante. So that's why it's re still respectful um, uh, for us to call the senior ones bantes, but all the monks we call each other bantes are being called uh, um, ajan these days, but it just means a teacher. But 
Um, so it's interesting. That, uh, that's why I like to read, to have the poly there. It's just I always get stuck in these things, but I, I love to have poly there while we're reading it. Okay. Uh, but it, again, then they said, Avuso, Bikku Ayasmato Sariputta. So, so they said, even the other monks called Sariputta Avuso, and Sariputta might have been. So it's interesting. Again, they, the other monks called Sariputta friend. But uh, Ajanisa Pandesuchado has uh, translated as reverend. But it just means friend, actually, Avuso. Uh, reverend, they replied. Sariputta said this. Venerable. A mendicant should use these five methods to completely get rid of resentment when he has risen towards anyone. What five? So you would think uh, Sariputta says the exactly the same thing at Buddha. No, but Sariputta gives nice symbols here. In the case of a person whose behavior by the way of body is impure, but whose behavior by way of speech is pure, you should get rid of resentment for that, that kind of person. So if their bodily behavior is impure, meaning they, it almost this implies that they, they, mis, uh, they bumped into you, they physically hurt you, but their speech is pure, you should, um, you should just look into their bodily behavior. I think this can, let, let me just, let's keep reading a little bit further and then there's, there's diff, all these different cases here. In the case of a person whose behavior by way of speech is impure, but whose behavior by way of body is pure, in the case of a person whose behavior by way of body and speech is impure, but who gets an openness and clarity of heart from time to time, in the case of a person whose behavior by the way of body and speech is impure, but who doesn't get openness and clarity of heart from time to time, in a case whose behavior by body and speech is pure, but who and who gets an openness and clarity of heart from time to time, you should get rid of resentment for that kind of person. So what um, what the Sariputta is saying that what we should do is concentrate on the good goodness of that heart, uh, goodness of that person. So he gives all these different ways of looking a person, and the similes come later. Um, so you looked on the good side, goodness of that person. Their bodily behavior might not be very good, but sometimes they say something nice. They have good speech. Okay, they might speech not might be that good, but the way they behave by body is good. So you concentrate on that. Their body and speech is not good. But sometimes, once in a while, they have an openness of the heart. They seem to be uh, uh, presenting, um, let me see, what is it? I love the Kalancheta, so Vivarancheta, so Pasaran. So this is interesting. So, the, so once in a while, the clarity of heart, so they have, they, Sometimes they get almost in this in this place they get almost good meditation. They have calmness of the heart, clarity of the heart. What it says there, so you they seem to be getting almost good meditation. Sometimes you could reflect on that. They have sometimes they seem to be very clear. I don't know how that would be 
on your colleagues who you annoyed annoyed you and they don't seem to be having clarity of heart. They but they seem to be very clear headed. They at least they're doing their work well. So they have clarity of mind and our heart actually says here. Um, openness, clarity of heart. In the case of what's the difference? Let's see the last one here. In the case of a person's behavior by way of body speech is pure. Oh, okay. And who gets an openness and clarity of heart from time to time. You should get rid of resentment for that kind of person. And um, it's actually true that it's um, most of the time uh, people try to be have good bodily behavior, could speak uh, well. And this is sort of like, and one thing as well we have to remember as a Buddhist Perhaps we should try to um, lean ourselves into this one so other people can look as uh, kindly. So if they have all of these three, you should concentrate on those things and you should get, that's how you get res resentment for that person. How should you get, a res uh, get rid of resentment for a person whose behavior by way of body is impure, but whose behavior by way of speech is pure? Did I read this already? Okay, so let's just com continue with this. Uh, but host behavior, way of speech is pure. So poly behavior, speech is, but speech is a... Okay, here we go into the similes. Oh, right. Okay, now it's good. Now we go into the similes. So if somebody's um, bodily behavior is impure, but the way of speech is, is pure, and then the Sariputta gives here the simile. Suppose a mendicant wearing rag robes, these are supposed to be rag robes, sees a rag by the side of the road. They'd hold it down with the left foot, spread it out with the right foot, tear it out what was intact, and take it away with them. In the same way, at that time, you should ignore the, that person's impure behavior by the way of body and focus on the pure behavior by the way of speech. That's how you to get rid of resentment for that person. So the time of the Buddha, quite often the all the um, all the monks and nuns, uh, he, he says, "Biku uh, pangsakuliko," and you might not wear that know that word, but pangsakula is a rack robe. And when we do funerals, Buddhist funerals, we actually we bring we give, um, uh, we put, sometimes we put on top of the coffin this little cloth, and it's, we call it pangsakula cloth. A pangsakula is rack robe, and that, that's the last offering for the monks, for the sangha rather, that the, the deceased person, that rack robe belonged to the uh, deceased person for a while, and that's the last offering, the pangsakula, that last, um, that deceased person is actually giving uh, for the Sangha. We do the uh, chanting, and then we take the pangsakula. And those are the ropes, so those are the uh, rags, what we made our ropes, used to make our ropes, and we still have these. These are called, in the monk's ropes, these have like little strips, we call the kusis. So we can incorporate all of those rags, whether we find them on the roadside or funeral pyre, we, we incorporate, makes our ropes out of them. And we tr tr still try to keep the tradition going, so these ropes are still made out of pieces. So you 
you concentrate, like I said, now concentrate on the pure behavior of that person. You take that bad piece off from that rug and you take that pure nice piece from that person and you concentrate on that one. And it could be also your own mind, your own behavior. So you, you ignore that uh, person's impure behavior, the way of body, and focus on the peer behavior, the way of speech. Maybe this could be applied. Sometimes I see drug people who have drug problems, drug abuse. They, their body behavior is quite uh, coarse, but they, you can still see that they are mentally they're suffering, and they would they trying to they could still could this goodness in that person, and they you know say kind person, and they they because they suffered so much themselves. I know uh, I've taught in prison, and I have good friends who have problems like that. They <clears throat> they actually are very caring people quite often. They suffered a lot in their life, but they just cannot break the cycle of the drug abuse. So their bodily behavior is quite coarse in some ways. If you would see it as an outsider. But actually, they, they say kind words quite often, and they mean it. But the, the addiction is so strong. So you concentrate on the goodness of that person, on the pure good speech. So there was the simile of the rag rope. Then the next one. How should you get rid of resentment for a person whose behavior by way of speech is impure? but whose behavior by, by way of body is pure. Suppose there was a lotus pond covered with moss and aquatic plants. Then along comes a person struggling in the oppress op oppressive heat, weary, thirsty, and parched. They'd plunge into lotus pond, sweep apart the moss and aquatic plants, drink from their cupped hands, and, and be on their way. In the same way, at that time, you should ignore that person's impure, impure behavior by a way of speech and focus on their pure behavior on the way of body. That's how you get, uh, get rid of resentment for that person. So what would be... Um, uh, impure behavior by speech and focus and then, you know, like, we all tend to say things a bit too hastily quite often and without having a really um, even mean it sometimes. We, we tend to um, not care. Speech is something which is actually, uh, it's, uh, I think, quite, it's a, quite often ignored how much damage we can do with, by speech. It's, um, it's actually, as a, as a monk, we... It's a one thing we put a lot of effort into it, into having a kind speech in the monastery. That's a one thing which keeps the harmony, and the harmony is very important within the Sangha. Speech is, um, you can do a lot of damage really quickly without even meaning. So silence is, silence is almost golden, as they sometimes do, you, you hear say, and we, that's why we, we when we do retreats we have um noble silence it doesn't mean noble silence doesn't mean you we absolutely don't say anything but noble silence means we just say right time the right words meaningfully and if you don't have anything to improve into the silence there's nothing you need to say 
So that's if you, if there's something to be said, well, then you can say it. But if you that's because you need to improve on the silence. You say, "Can I help you with this?" That's you know. Then you're keeping the noble silence. Noble silence is just you're always silent. Absolutely. So, but again, think of a person who. Oh, that's an interesting simile here that they. This person is struggling with the oppressive heat and they're thirsty and they, they, they plunge into the lotus pond in the same way you feel when there's a release, like oh, when you concentrate on somebody who's a uh, uh, person's uh, behavior is impure. It almost leaves you also as well refreshed when you don't uh, carry that resentment. Um, okay, that's how you get rid of the resentment. How should you get rid of resentment for a person whose behavior by the way of body and speech is impure, but who gets an openness and clarity of heart from time to time? Suppose there was a little water in a cow's hoofprint. Then along comes a person struggling with oppressive, oppressive heat, very thirsty and parched. They might think, this little bit of water is in the cow's hoofprint. If I drink it with my cupped hands or a bowl, I'll stir it up and disturb it, making it undrinkable. Why don't I get down on all fours and drink it up like a cow, then be on my way? So that's what they do. In the same way, at the time, you should ignore that person's impure, impure behavior by the way of speech and body and focus on the fact that they, they get an openness and clarity of heart from time to time. That's how you should get rid of resentment for that person. And it's, so I'll, this is interesting, this, uh, the cow's hoof print. Um, you can imagine this like there's almost like hardly anything good in this person. But there's always something, something you can focus on. And you, you, it's, it's very easy to mud the water, the clear water. But you have to be very carefully getting down on your all fours and just sip it from that cow's hoof print, the water from that. That's, there's always, if you concentrate on a little bit of goodness on every person, you can find it. Don't, don't muddy up the water. You have to be humble yourself as well sometimes. Get all, all your force onto the ground and just drink that little bit of clear water from that because you need it. You are a thirsty person yourself if you just, uh, if you haven't get rid of the resentment for the other person. You can have resentment, you can have for anybody. People used to have resentment towards the Buddha. You can have resentment for your beautiful grandmother who always took care of you. There's always something like she wasn't, whatever it is. We have a resentment towards ourselves. So we try to find the goodness, kindness, the openness of the heart, once in a while, there's that clarity. And we concentrate on that one. So I like that little bit of this uh, simile of the little bit of water and the cow's hoof print.
by the way, the I don't know if you're interested, but the the cow is here, the kopaka. Um, how should you get rid of resentment for a person whose behavior, by the way of body, speech, is impure, and who doesn't and who doesn't get an openness and clarity of heart from time to time? Well, okay, this is difficult. This is the last one. I think this last one. It's just like this person is like completely bad, or you really don't like them. Suppose a person was traveling along the road and they were sick, suffering, gravely ill, and it was long way to a village, whether ahead or behind, and they didn't have any suitable food or medicine or com competent care or someone to bring them within the village. Then another person traveling along the road sees them and thinks of them with the nothing but compassion, kindness and sympathy. So we have the... Uh, hang on, that's interesting. Okay, so we have Karuna, Adudameya, Upateya, Anukampa. That's a sympathy. Okay. So they, they use a little bit different words here. So I have a compassion, kindness and sympathy towards those. Oh, may this person get suitable food and medicine or competent care or someone to bring them within the village. Why is that? So that they don't come to ruin right here. In the same way, at that time, you should ignore that person's impure behavior by the way of speech, body, and the fact that they don't get openness and clarity of heart from time to time and think of them with nothing but compassion, kindness and sympathy. Oh, may this person give up bad conduct by the way of body, speech, and mind, and develop good conduct by the way of body, speech, and mind. Why is that? So that, so that when the body breaks up after death, they're not born into a place of loss, a bad place, an underworld, hell. That's how you get rid of resentment for that person. So this is almost going even you're just really digging in deep. This is almost like now you you see that, like I said earlier, that then um, that um, maranasati, that death contemplation sometimes towards others. We are all suffering. We all um, where are we? They were. Let me see what they had. They had. Mm -hmm. They were sick. They didn't have anybody to guide them. And they were, you know, bring them into the village. There was, they, they, you can really see that these, these people are lost. And the Buddha said actually, uh, of hatred, he said, uh, somebody who's got a hatred in their heart, it's almost like they, they're sick. They, they're a crazy person, the Buddha said, of somebody who's got, um, who's got a angry will. You can think of this person who's got hatred. They're crazy. They're absolute. They, they. That's that's really. That's a crazy behavior. So you think of them like they really have the um, um, have kindness and sympathy for them. That's how it's one way of getting resentment, uh, having getting rid of resentment for these people. 
uh, a person, maybe even all, you know, for your own mind states, where you says, yeah, they really are suffering. They are in like in the desert, lost. So because if you do care somebody, it's interesting quite often you, we think somebody who's, who's abused us or we have resentment towards person that if we just ignore them, that's the, almost like the uh, first reaction for all, a lot of us has that kind of thing. If we don't care about them, they will never, um, never sort of um, come to clarity. They don't have the openness of the heart. They always themselves carry, carry that around everywhere. But it's also for us. We actually carry that around everywhere. So it means that we are trying to get rid of our own resentment because then, then we have to carry that. In. It's, it's a big burden sometimes. So this, this now talks about a little bit of the kamma. Okay, it doesn't say anywhere the kamma, but then um, this, it says here, and then it's like it says like the, after the body breaks up, meaning death. Um, and then, you know, they have to, wherever that kamma takes, it could be that they are not, hopefully this person, because of they've done all these bad deeds, I just hope that none gonna uh, get born in a place of loss and in a place of uh, even hell. So in Buddhism, yeah, sometimes we say hell. We, we they do all these different places exist. Do we have heaven and hell? Uh, Ajahn Brahm has an interesting way of saying about the hell is that hell is something you condemn yourself into after death. None of these places are nothing but your own mind mind states, you condemn yourself into a hell. Hell is not a place which is um, you inherently need to go. No, you want to go there. So if you, um, if you feel you need to punish yourself, that's almost like a hell within, within earth already. And that the same thing happens after the death. Uh, you, yourself feel that you need to go to a place. So if your mind is very pure, like we have these Brahma, Brahma Viharas, these uh, uh, higher boats, Metta, Karuna, Upeka, Mudita. If you feel like you, you, you lived a good life, you, you had a lot of loving kindness in your heart, it, the, the rebirth process will take you automatically to that destination. You feel like um, there's a kindness in your heart, and so you have a good, good rebirth. But in this one, you, it, this goes into like you, like you feel compassion towards this person that like, wow, their karma is quite heavy because they are abusing others or they, in this case, they abused you, you. Okay. How should you get rid of, get rid of resentment for a person whose behavior by way of body and speech is pure and who gets an openness and clarity of heart from time to time? This is actually quite a good person. Suppose there was a lotus pond with a clear, sweet, cool water, clean with smooth banks, delightful and shaded by many trees. Then along comes a person struggling within the oppressive heat, weary, thirsty, and parched, that plunge into that lotus pond and bathe and drink. And after emerging, 
they'd sit or lie down right there and sh in the shade of the tree. In the same way, at the time, you should focus on that person's peer behavior by the body, by the way of body and speech, and in the fact that they get an openness and clarity of heart from time to time. That's how you get re resentment for that person. Relying on a person who is impressive all around, the mind becomes confident. A mendicant, you should use these five methods to completely get rid of resentment when it has arisen towards anyone. Uh, okay, that's interesting. So we can, it's, in, uh, it's quite interesting when you meditate enough and you have enough mindfulness. We can actually start seeing our own minds more clearly and that's one of the reasons why we meditate. There's, we meditate to get rid of things. We don't obviously try to have uh, amass more things, amass more things. We don't uh, have these attainments when we meditate. But it's interesting while we, when you meditate, you start seeing how your own mind works. And you see how those, you have resentment in your own mind. The mind tends to be very petty quite often. And at least my mind tends to be like that. And I've heard others, other people who have that. You start seeing that, mm, I'm not sure I like my mind so much sometimes. So you start seeing that the, um, even for a person who see, who's, who seems to be having a good behavior by body, speech, and mind in openness of clarity of the heart, we can still have resentment even towards that kind of person. And the same way, in, in this way, the Buddha would have been very, uh, in those times, the, the perfect person who was perfect body, speech, and, um, and uh, a lot of openness of the, and clarity of the heart. But still, people felt resentment for the Buddha and Sariputta and Ajahn Brahma and Mudito and your dear grandmother and anybody. We can still have resentment for anybody in this when we spend enough time with them and your own mind states, and all of those things. Um, but you can think of that as a, I, I hope this person, it's almost like it's, it's easy to get rid of resentment for this pe person. It's in, in this simile where they, there was that, they came down to, uh, you just hope that, I hope they find, they keep continuing on this, they're doing well, and they, they have more goodness on their way. This is almost like a little bit of, like you wish more mudita, um, more happiness for this person. Because they already have all of these good things, and but you still had resentment towards that. But you still, you, f you create, um, I, uh, uh, idea that may they even get more um, happiness, this kind of plunging into the cool water with the sweet lilies there and he can have a drink and you know rest on the shades of the trees that you've, you, you've, you, you can imagine why like oh I wish this person will still do you know even better and to continue doing well may they have like, good health and all that may they get rid of anything bodily sickness uh, if they have sicknesses and, uh, you know, other sufferings in their life. 
so you can that's how you cultivate goodness this is almost like cultivating mudita that kind of uh you're seeing others somebody doing well and you 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 get happiness out of that it's almost like that and that's how you get rid of resentment for that kind of person and that's almost like the easiest way i forgot there was this interesting thing at the end actually that's how the relying on a person who's impressive all around the mind becomes confident samanta pasadikang avuso bukkalang agammachittam pasidati okay i don't know why that that little uh last little thing is there at the end where the the sariputta doesn't just um end the sutta here but it's um it's an interesting passage there actually that's that um this almost this talks about uh the buddha or somebody like uh we say that we have like a good friend in, in buddhism we have all these uh spiritual friends idea of good somebody is going to help you if you see you have confidence on somebody and that's if you rely on that kind of person that you you pasidati chittam pasidati let me see what that word oh, it doesn't give me the um yeah so it confidence that's a, that's a really nice and you can see that if you for me obviously it's having lived with us and prom so long that it's uh if i i have a lot of uh, confidence in him, in him or you know i can rely on him and because of that the mind becomes confident and the confident mind then it's a calm mind happy mind happy mind creates calm mind calm mind is mind which is is joyous joyous mind becomes even more calm <laughs> for that obviously you go into the nimittas and jhanas and then that's that creates enlightenment so happy mind is a um uh calm mind so it's in these two two suttas i like them they're very nice these are uh, all of these things and so once in a while we have to have a um uh, something to reflect Buddhism that's a one one thing which is you have to develop it doesn't just it's not an automatic path where you go to dana you don't have to do any work no there is work to be done we all have resentment come they come once in a while more stronger once in a while it's uh, not as strong there's little things in your mind but you'd you concentrate the goodness of your own heart the goodness on others once in a while you have to be humble you drink from the cow's hoof print and then you know just concentrate on that tiny little goodness you have that the others have and by this you have a mind which can easily let go all of these things are aiming for you to have a mind which is calm in mind and by calm mind i mean you can easily meditate you you can easily leave the world behind all of these things they tend to drag you down they tend to keep you in this world and if you you don't yourself you don't have openness of the heart so if, until you have that until then we have to keep practicing okay looks like i'm getting out of time so i end it there and i get the questions Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. 
please, if anybody has any resentments towards me, they can come and speak. <laughs> have uh, questions or comments. Or who's the privacy one? So we can have online questions, and then if there's anybody, if something comes to your mind, please feel feel free and don't feel anxious about asking questions. So let's let's start with because it doesn't look like any. There hasn't been anything that's come from online as yet. Okay. <laughs> but there is someone who's um, a fellow Finn from uh, uh, from Argentina who said hello. Okay. Right. Great. Moi. Right. It's sometimes yeah. This your mind is sort of there's nothing to say. You understand it's a it's a nice sutta and it's it's inspiring, isn't it? These kind of suttas they're quite like nice and so that's why I thought it was nice to read this sutta. And it's, a, it's very practical. It, it reminds you what we should be doing, how do we progress on the path. Reminds you of the things like the karma. That you know we are. That's that's something we inherit. We inherit the karma. You would inherit your deeds. That's what takes you from place to place. You, nobody can escape from those. So, um, there's a lot of things in this uh, in this this kind of sutta. So it's sometimes easy to just glance over and not to think about it. But it's uh, another thing which is sort of like it's. There's a lot of mindfully, actively we have to do things in life, and this is one of them, and it brings the clarity in mind, hopefully. Um, somebody could start just ask any question and then the others will follow if we usually have to break the eyes Dr. Jaya please okay well like there's two there's, we always have to no you ask now and so you just happen to be the lucky first ah uh, thank you Ajahn yeah. can I ask anything yeah <laughs> how much is two plus two and like Good morning, Ajahn. Good morning. Thanks for coming here and uh, giving your Dhamma talk today. Yeah. Since nobody was asking a question, and I always have questions, yeah. so I thought of, why not pass the time asking a question then? Yeah, that no, was good, because we all learn from those things. Yeah. So, okay, so asking a question. Maybe a stupid question to ask, but uh, tell me, Ajahn, how... Um, Okay, when we consider people like monastics, monks and nuns, who have basically said that, okay, they are renouncing samsara and uh, basically they are taking the eightfold path, which the Buddha said. So, um, keeping aside them, like keeping aside people like you, if we consider lay people like uh, people like I think, except you, everybody else, including me, here. So, um, considering the lay people, basically, who have basically families and who have to work also. Um, okay, so, how should I ask? It's a stupid question, but still asking. I think, uh, I can't say about others, maybe people are much advanced in their practice, and I'm not even started properly in my path, I think, so... Maybe people are more advanced, so I can't say about them, but I can say about myself. Um, I will not exaggerate, but um, what to say? Um, I am coming from a Hindu family, and uh, I have started studying Buddha Dharma for, I think, for some years now. Um, 
I am not sure how many years, but still, I think around eight to nine years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, had a heard a lot of teachings. Um, basically, something like um, can say that have a theoretical understanding of uh, all the three vehicles, like uh, Theravada, Mahayana, and Vajrayana. Theoretically, at least I can say that. Yeah. Maybe I'm boosting myself as as an ego or. A, a uh, pride or proud type of thing yeah. maybe that is the case my ego is saying that I, I should say that i theoretically understand all the three vehicles of buddhism so and uh, theoretically okay i understand that theravada mahayana and vajrayana all say that ultimately that in the ultimate reality there is uh, basically nothing and we have to realize that particular aspect intellectually and uh-huh. thinking about it is not going to help it nothing less okay so the question is uh, I have been hearing these dhamma talks for some years now but uh, and the idea of impermanence is basically at the base I think of the spiritual practice then the question is why can't uh, uh, the concept of uh, that I am going to die doesn't sink inside me I have been hearing it for the last many years but still I, there's nothing I don't feel like that uh, I'm going to die or something so how can we increase the feeling inside us that right, okay right. we are going to die yeah as okay. a lay person working in well sure world. I understand yeah let me okay so, sure let's keep it there so we, we we have the questions like how we have the question now so uh, I'll try to answer that so how do you how do you get that kind of like the feeling of yes me too I'm gonna die how would really it doesn't like, stir, sink in it doesn't sink in how you how would that stir up well the it's again you had the same question about a few weeks ago meta like you said and it's an, another question which gets asked a lot yeah you teach about meta all the time but I don't feel it yeah and it's a very common question this maybe doesn't come so often this uh, the death content, uh, death uh, you don't feel it it doesn't really register um, it you the way I would I would do it is um you have to have so we have this maranasati like I said earlier we have the contemplation of death you once in a while uh, contemplate what am I doing with life um, is the point of um, where you basically you're running towards your grave and so am I am I doing the right thing at the moment it, it can give you this kind of like because um, there is there's an end point to all of this. It almost, you, you don't have to think about it's not like, it's sadness, it doesn't have to bring those kind of ideas. It actually, it should bring you a joy. I'm doing the right thing. I'm, at least I'm trying to improve my mind. You come here, you, you know, you give an ear, you listen to the suttas, you, you ask questions, very important thing, ask suttas, ask questions from the, who you think you, they can give you good answers. You, you read the suttas as the best of your abilities or you listen monks and nuns. That you should actually, the maranasati, the, the awareness of the death, that you should be then, wow, at least I'm trying to some, uh, improve my own mind that it's, I'm not wasting my time. There tends to be this kind of, if you don't have, an, like, you don't realize there's an end, we can just waste our time. We can just waste our life. So, you don't feel it, but you have to, 
it has to it gives a meaning to your life so you have to contemplate a little bit you have to put a little bit of effort and once in a while remind yourself me too i'm gonna die and it might not happen that you live until 86 and then you die you know you just you know you fall fall asleep and don't wake up look you can die today how am i spending my days and nights am i being a good person all of those things if we don't have death and we don't have the death contemplation you can just um end up spending a lot of time without ever having to stop and uh, having any of these contemplations there's a you think we have infinite time but we don't so it gives almost it gives a lot of meaning to life and it gives sort of like a bit of an impetus and it gives a good um reason to practice i mean meditation sometimes like oh well we meditate and i was like i just want to watch tv well look you can watch tv until your deathbed and you haven't learned that much the same thing with why do we practice metta it's because this is the only thing which follows up really that becomes sort of like your oh that becomes your karma that will follow those kind of good mind states from life to life learning theoretical knowledge it's almost like you drink that cup of forgetfulness when you when you die that you have to leave that behind and that uh, the kindness will follow from life to life but sure maybe you don't get the feeling but um one thing we do sometimes uh, luckily for monks we see dead people quite often so we see these people in coffins and we actually if the if it's an open casket we touch them and you realize that yeah it's just a piece of meat once the mind has left there's nothing left but maybe you don't have the ability to see dead people that often but you, you actually so you, just to say on that particular yeah. point uh when i was in my city back in india mm. so i explicitly went to the cremation ground two or three times to yeah. see how a dead body is burned in a way because yeah. in my hindu fam- uh, religion we burned the dead body yeah yeah so i i have seen i have gone there two or three days i think not telling anybody in my family because people will be quite uh, weary about me that I'm, my mental state is okay or not something yeah, yeah. like that <laughs> hanging out there and hanging out there going out right, right. going around maybe i think 10 in the morning and returning around 3 or 4 yeah and that too in the summer when it's may or june there and it's very hot and you are you can imagine when the funeral pyres are burning around across you and it's a hot day yeah, yeah. how much heat it will be in a way yeah yeah and one day when i ret- i returned in the evening to my house my mother said you are all blackish what where Have the you, hell were were you right yeah, now yeah, am i true. expecting a police call now somewhere yeah, yeah. so i said no you don't expect a police call coming to you but sure. yeah i was just hanging out, out around somebody yeah. so so i have seen the complete uh, people bringing well, the dead bodies until everything is turned into ashes i have seen that thing but still doesn't register that i'm going to die so well look like everything and i've told you same about the meta it's a practice where you have to keep at it It, it something might click one day and then it might not be there but um all of these contemplations same with the how to re- remove resentment 
it's not that you you hear me saying it and um, all of a sudden you you don't have to put any effort. It 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 creates it has to have you have to have the effort. But at the same time, all of these things leave a seed. Once in a while, something comes to your mind and you you have this seed from this from the sutta and you, you remember. Well, I should just concentrate on the low low goodness of that person. So some, it stays in your mind, and that's why we need to come and listen to the teachings all the time. We need to continue to continually doing this. There is no, I don't have a silver bullet. But yeah, thanks for the question. Let's give to the microphone to others as well. Yeah, yeah. sure. Thanks, yeah. For thanks for the question. Shall I, shall I come? Let's have a chocolate chai. Yes. <laughs> with, with respect to sutras. Sorry. With respect to the two sutras. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful to look at how Buddha dealt with this and how Venerable Sariputta dealt with the same problem. Yeah. Buddha uh, was referring to the, the two people involved in this issue, the person who is causing problems and the person who is responding to that, how the resentment comes. So Buddha is referring to the person who has developed resentment towards another person. So Buddha says, okay, deal with this person by... Metta, Karuna, Upeka, yeah. and that is Brahma Viharas, and if not, move away from that source. Yeah. And if you continue to have these problems with this person, you are the one who is creating conditions that will lead to trouble later on for you. That's interesting, yeah. yeah so that's you, what said. You, it becomes your karma. It's then. your karma. So yeah. that's, that's how Buddha, Buddha was referring to the person who is having resentment towards the other person. Yeah. Verbal Sarabhutta dealt differently. He was referring to the qualities of the source of resentment. Right. Bad speech, bad action, or he doesn't warm to you and he doesn't talk sense to you. Mm. Those are the three things. So he says that, okay, he may be good, uh, bad in this, but good in that. So concentrate on the good qualities of one of the three. That is uh, speech, action, or he doesn't connect and talk sense. Those are three things. So he said, okay, if one is one of those things are lacking, good, concentrate, concentrate on, the on that. Yeah. So you reduce your resentment. Yeah. Then he said, if everything is bad, all three areas are bad, at least think that he will, next birth, he will be a better person, so don't have resentment. Then he says that the last thing he says, if you find a person with all three areas are fantastic, yeah. a pure person that is good for you, that will be good for you to associate. So how the both both uh, Buddha discuss the same thing, and how Buddha did the same problem uh, in a very different way. Sure, yeah, it's very interesting because it is very interesting. That, very, that's why I took yes, both of the sutras. Yeah. Like I said, quite often it's the second one, that one six two, which yeah. has been said. Yeah. But in the, in the Buddha's case, but the Buddha actually did say that you it's the other person's karma. But okay, fair enough. Like you yes. said. It's also your karma if you have resentment you, in your heart. You pay a price. You pay a price. You yeah. pay your price. So yes. you have to, you know, yes. remember that yourself yes. as well. Yes. Yes. Now that I have resentment, yeah. this is I'm my my yeah. my mind, and yeah. then it affects yes. your you know body speech. Yes, uh, affects that. That yes. your karma becomes yes. up yes. here. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting how uh, it uh, is very interesting. Two great minds discuss the same problem, and we can learn from that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Yeah. That is true. Thanks. Yeah, John, we've got uh, one online question here. Is um, How do you balance the compassion of the five points from the sutta with the truth? 
Do you tell people what you don't like about them to be truthful and honest? <laughs> well, good luck with that one. No, no, I don't, no, no, it doesn't say that in the sutta, look, but, and whether I have, it's case to case, if you, it's a good, uh, good friend of yours, you, you try to um, help them perhaps, but the, really, realistically, we are trying to help ourselves. We do the work for ourselves, we own our own karma. We are, how to get rid of resentment meaning for yourself. It's difficult enough to change ourselves. To change others, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so, look, you see the resentment in your own heart and you try to get rid of the resentment in your own heart. You don't go changing others or like, yes, I've heard this sutta and this is what you should be doing. <laughs> you know, go and teach metta to a person you really hate. Uh, no, so look, we're changing ourselves. Be an island to yourself. Do the practice yourself. That's what the Buddha said. And I think that's, that's my final answer. And that's, that's the end of the, this morning's sutta class. Okay, one more from, so Liv, quick, quick one from Liv. Let's change, you have to ask me personally. No, no, this is grandmother who you have to be nice to because she had her hand up ages ago. Anyway, question. How much, how much do we need to examine ourselves when we meditate and we see resentment which yeah. I can I can certainly see sometimes mm. um, and I had a bit of a struggle then to be perfectly honest um, is it useful to actually be able to point to what's causing that what I'm really meaning is there'll be a situation um, and in the next morning or even immediately I might feel some resentment. Yeah. Now, how helpful is it to really work out why, because it's not that hard, um, why I feel that resentment. It's my vanity or it's mm -hmm. that that person is doing um, such well, and such. How helpful uh, is it? Yeah, it's almost, what I think is almost, uh, almost automatic. Like I said, uh, quite often you see your own mind very, the pettiness in your... Sorry, did I disrupt your, your question? Did you want to... No, no, that's the question. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I was like, I'm speaking over you. I'm sorry if I do that, by the way. So, uh, so it's quite often, like I said, you can see, I can see my own mind, the pettiness in my own mind. And then, you know, like I, I can see the resentment. And these are just ways and means of you can try to concentrate on the, the goodness of other person so you can uh, remove that resentment in your own heart. But the, how, uh, for that question you ask, these things, they, it's good to have different kind of almost like tools in your reservoir. How useful they are depends on the situation and the time and you're like okay i see the cause this is always i always get triggered because of this that's your button you know you somebody and they tend to and some good big boy are good at finding your buttons definitely you're probably your husband <laughs> but no no i'm just talking yeah no he's very good so what what i'm saying that yeah it's it's good to know your buttons and work on them it's like you're yeah, like i i always do that this little thing triggers me and, you know, like, and have uh, kindness towards that, what happens from that, that always happens from, the, from that. And then you see that you're walking towards that, uh, the, I'm going to do this again. 
and you can start pulling yourself back. That's the mindfulness of wisdom comes hand in hand in life. That if you, I'm walking towards the gray, the 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 cesspool of my being. Um, I'm gonna get triggered again, and I'm I'm. This is what's gonna happen, and then I'm gonna be this way, and then I have to have the resentment in my heart towards that person. So let's not get that far. Let's try to stop earlier and earlier, and. If you see that happening in your mind, you're outside, why don't you do body contemplation, body awareness? You're in your mind, it's like, oh, it's so difficult. Just see, think what it feels in your body. Just remove yourself almost physically from that kind of way of thinking into physical body of yours. And it's like, how do I feel in my body? Yeah, it's tight. Well, relax your body a little bit. And that gives you a little bit of distance almost physically into that, and then you see, oh, poor me, I was doing that again. So there's active things like you can do for those things, and we have to keep at it. We have to keep at it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good question, yeah. Do you have, James, did you have a very short one? Okay. What are the practical things you can do? Actions to take mm-hmm. to develop the love, the compassion. What's the practical and actions to do to develop compassion, metta, uh, upeka, uh, um, uh, karuna? So the, all of those. What are the practical applications? How do you actually contemplate do those things? How do you do metta? Well, uh, is that a short answer? Would be. Like I said, um, you see the resentment arising in your mind and you see yourself concentrating on that other person. Well, you have, you have to develop the, uh, almost, um, you have to develop these feelings beforehand. When you in that resentment, it's almost too late. Then you can almost, only thing you can do is Remove yourself from the situation if it's happening there. Uh, but these Brahma Viharas, you have to keep at it. You have to learn to have enough loving kindness towards yourself. And then you learn how to use it for these situations. If you haven't, if you, if it's not strong enough in your own mind outside of that situation, then you're too late. It's too late. So practically, yes. Practically, do it. Bef- learn how to do it before. Keep at it. Uh, have uh, body awareness. If so, it's, it becomes maybe too strong in that sense. Body awareness. Have you know, like bring your awareness to into your body. Actually, physically, you so feel how you feel in your body. You have a bit of a clarity of your heart at that point because you're not too much in your head. Then you have a bit of an openness of the heart. Then because of you have openness in your heart, then you have, ooh, this is, I should be having more compassion towards this person. If you don't physically have a bit of a distance to the situation, you don't have openness in your heart yourself, you cannot add something into that space. 
the space is already filled with resentment but anger so we have a we created this kind of spaces where we can add this the meta and but that's why body awareness is quite good it brings you away from your head a little bit so act you know act that's sort of the kind of active doing things if we again we tend to be very petty in our own minds so we try to um uh, calm down from those ivory towers sometimes a little bit be humbleness is a good it's a good thing to develop as well have humbleness you don't uh, you think you know and you know you're the righteous one and i'm right in this situation be a bit of a humble maybe you're not we all try our best that's it now that's the end and now we're going for the for the dana it was beautiful to see everybody it's beautiful sutras um retreat center is getting built i just wanted to mention that walls are coming up we have a retreat center coming hopefully you will you know come in once in a while see us in newbury um we there's a couple more fundraisings coming hopefully we get enough funds towards the end of the vasai starting soon so there will be five monks in newbury four nuns retreat center coming community is going well i don't know what else to say thank you so much <laughs>